God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ, he is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and he is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you It knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding trusting God. Let's start off with this song by Lisa Tracy, Put Your Trust in God. You think you can't, you don't feel equal to it. Can't seem to find the strength to do it You're tired of trying on your own And feeling like you're all alone Demands are made, time runs out You're in a hurry, you're starting to doubt But stop, time to take a breath and say I will walk with God today Put your trust in trust in God you can go to him cast your care on him for he cares for you nothing can separate you from the love of Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect It's God that justifies I will say of the Lord He is my refuge and my fortress My flesh and my heart fail But God is the strength of my heart Put your trust in to care on him for he cares for shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Put your trust in God. He's your only 
Today, we will look at trust, specifically trusting God. The dictionary defines trust as the firm belief in the integrity, ability, or character of another. We will look at God's Word and explore some of the integrity, ability, and character of our Heavenly Father God as it relates to trusting Him. Now, before we go any further, I need to explain that I believe the Word of God, the Bible, is truth. The Bible is God's communication to man of who he is, who man is, and God's plan of redemption for mankind through Jesus Christ. The Bible to many today is just another book, no different than the writings of any man, whether it be Shakespeare or Mark Twain. With that view of the Bible, it would be impossible to trust God, because you have no truth to trust. You know, men are unstable and unreliable. Even the best of men fall short at times of a pure heart and trustworthy words. If the author of the Bible were just men, then it's just another opinion in the sea of many ideas. But if the author of the Bible is the true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, then, then we have something to believe. We have a word to trust. And on top of that, if the God of the heavens and the earth is a God of love, which he is, then we know that his word and his perspective is always, always for our good. The foundation from which I come from when I speak of God and his word is that the Bible is truth and that the author of the Bible is a loving God. The way that you might get to know me would be to spend time with me and hear what I have to say. And the way that I would get to know you, well, that would be by being with you and listening to your words and watching your actions. It's really no different with God. We get to know God as our Heavenly Father by spending time with Him in reading His Word by talking to Him, and by listening to Him. We see His magnificence as we read of His great exploits as He delivers His people time and time again in the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the book of Acts. And in the New Testament church epistles, we see His wonderful heart of love for people, you and I, in His redemption of mankind through the work of Jesus Christ and His seating of his people in the heavenlies throughout all eternity. Let's begin by looking at integrity when it comes to trust. One who has integrity is reliable, true, honest, and upright. Integrity has to start with words that are spoken by the one who has integrity. In Numbers chapter 23, if you've got your Bible handy, you could turn there. There is a tremendous truth spoken by the prophet Balaam regarding God's integrity. And that's Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. It states, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie. Men lie. God does not lie. He does not say one thing and really mean something different. God does not misrepresent his intentions in order to try to trick or to deceive. What he says he will do, he does. What he speaks, he performs. 
God has both the ability and the resources to bring to pass all that he has promised in his word. Let's go over to the book of Psalm. Uh, Psalm 138. We'll read verses 1 through 8 here. And it starts out here in verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods. And those gods, that's the pagan gods or the human deities because many times the rulers were many times referred to as gods. So I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods. Will I sing praise unto thee? I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. God has magnified his word and he's magnified it above all of his name. What does it mean for God to magnify his word above his name? Let's continue reading and we'll see here. Verse 3. In the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. When we cry unto God, he hears us. He answers us. He strengthens our souls. Why might we cry unto God? We cry for his great mercy and his great grace to be made manifest in our lives that we might be delivered from that evil one. It is through his word where he has made known to us that we can request his help in our time of need. Verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. All of the kings of the earth, they praise God when they hear his words. The words of God's mouth make known God's will, God's desire. God's desire is always a holy and righteous desire. It brings great peace and joy when it is made known and believed and brought to pass. It is through God's word that we learn of the magnificent integrity of God. God has set his word above all, for it's through his word where we begin to build a relationship with our Heavenly Father. It is through his word that we read of the great exploits of God in the Old Testament, where time and time again he delivered his people Israel. Let's continue here in verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. God, he is the one who brings to completion fulfillment that which concerns his people. He is a merciful God. He does not forsake his people. King David in the Old Testament is called a man after God's own heart. Literally, David was concerned about that which God was concerned about. In Psalm 119, we read some tremendous truth regarding God's heart made known through his word and David's heart's desire to live that word. Psalm 119, verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid or treasured in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. That's verse 11. I've got to read that one again because it's just so wonderful. Thy word have I treasured in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Genuine change takes place in the heart of a man or a woman that treasures God's word in their heart. To treasure it in your heart would be to meditate on God's word, to think his word throughout the day. And when confronted with situations and circumstances in day-to-day -day living, speak that word with all believing to the situation. Remind yourself in your mind, in your heart of who God is and how awesome and wonderful he is. Remember, he magnified his word above all his name. God's word makes known God. 
Well, as we hide God's word, as we treasure God's word in our heart, we don't sin against our Father. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes, thy word. I will not forget thy word. We know what it is to delight. Well, David here says, I delight myself in your word. I will not forget your word. David's a wonderful example to us of a man whose heart was after God's own heart. Verse 17, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. As we read God's word, as we meditate on God's word, we ask our Heavenly Father to open the eyes of our understanding. That's a prayer we can pray. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through uh, verse 18, where it talks that God would open the eyes of our heart, that we might see the greatness of the hope of his calling, that he would give us spiritual wisdom and understanding, that we would know the inheritance that he has in you and me and the saints, and that we would see the exceeding greatness of his power. That's what David prayed. And God surely answered that prayer for David. God is no respecter of persons. He will surely answer that prayer for you and I. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Uh, some words that Jesus Christ spoke here. We'll start in verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gave me to do. How do we get to know the only true God? From his word. How do we get to know God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ? From God's word. Jesus Christ finished the work that his father sent him to do. That work being man's full and complete redemption from the clutches of the adversary and unto eternal life for the sons of God. Well, continuing in John 17, let's read verses 6 through 8. Jesus Christ speaking, he says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which you gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of you, for I have given unto them the words that thou gavest me. Jesus Christ spoke only what the Father showed him to speak. He did only what the Father showed him to do. And the greatest thing that he gave was the words which God had given to him. Continuing in verse 8, it says, And they have received them, the words, and have known surely that I came out from thee and they have believed that you did send me. Jesus Christ, he spoke the words that God gave him to speak. Those words, they produced results. They produced results not only in the Lord Jesus Christ's life, but also in those who heard the words and believed. The disciples that followed Jesus and believed his words that he spoke received eternal life. God's word, it is trustworthy to the nth degree. Let's continue here in John 17, verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. What does it say here that Jesus Christ gave? He gave them God's word. 
Verse 17, sanctify them, set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth, he states here in chapter 17, verse 17 of John. To sanctify is to set apart for a purpose. It's through the believed word of God that people are set apart for God's purpose. God's word is truth. Look at John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus Christ states, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. Jesus Christ said of his own self he does nothing. As he hears the Father's words, he acts. He doesn't seek his own will. He seeks the will of the Father who sent him. Jesus Christ surely trusted God's word, surely trusted his heavenly Father. He believed God. Still in the Gospel of John, let's go over to chapter 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me sees him, God, that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Verse 47, And if any man hear my words, and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus Christ, he came to save the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Men receive condemnation because they refuse to believe the words of God, the words of Jesus Christ, the words for our day and time, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So if any man hear God's words and believe not, well, Jesus Christ didn't come to judge the world, he came to save the world. Verse 48, He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same that shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. Jesus Christ always spoke what the Father directed him to speak. He didn't make it up as he went. He didn't think that he had a better way. He did as his Father directed. Verse 50, And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Jesus Christ always trusted the words that his father gave him to the end that he spoke what the father told him to speak. The result of Jesus speaking God's word led to many believing on him to the end of eternal life. And still today people believe God's word to the end of eternal life. God's word, it's reliable. God's word is trustworthy. It's trustworthy to the end that Jesus Christ died on the cross, knowing, trusting that his father would raise him from the dead three days later. Now that's trust. I trust God's word to the end that I know that if I die before the return of Jesus Christ, that I too will be made alive one day again. Why? Because I believe what the word of God says. We all have a choice. Do you want to believe what your next door neighbor says? Or your grandma? Or your co-workers when they say there is no God? Or that the, the Bible is a book of stories with no truth? Or that 
we'll be rescued by aliens or that science is working on keeping us alive forever. Or that the government, well, the government, that's all you need. No. The Word of God, it's a living Word. When it's believed, there are changes in a man or a woman's heart and life. If you've never given the Word of God a chance, why not now? Why not today? You've got nothing to lose. Why not go to God and ask Him to make Himself known to you? Believe His Word. He'll make Himself known. You won't regret it. Or maybe you once stood for the one true God, but over the years, after people hurt you, or a prayer wasn't answered the way that you thought it should have been, maybe you've turned your back on God. Well, God hasn't turned His back on you. He's still there with His outstretched arms, asking you to come back and sit in His lap. He's asking you to accept His love. He's not mad at you. He loves you. You're His child. God's Word is truth. There is no other truth. There are many lies out there, but truth is only found in God through Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There is no salvation in any other. There's no salvation in any of the million Hindu gods. There's no eternal life in Muhammad. Buddha has nothing. Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the solution for the problem of mankind's dilemma of a separation from God because of the fall of man, because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden many thousands of years ago. Our Heavenly Father, He has given us His Word, and His Word is trustworthy. His Word is true. Day by day, we must learn to trust God as our sufficiency and the supplier of all our need in order to live the life that God's Word says is available. There's a tremendous verse in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed or fixed on God because he trusts in God. God will keep us in perfect peace when we stay our mind or fix our mind on Him. Trusting God is controlling our thinking to believe what God has said. Trust is an act of the will. We, by the freedom of our will, choose who or what we will trust. Who we trust in our lives will be based on information we have received. As we receive information about God, by reading His Word, by studying His Word, and fixing our mind on His Word, we see that God is faithful to His Word and that He brings His Word to pass. By going to God in His Word, we learn to trust God. If there is some kind of calamity in life, we don't get all shook and fearful. God is much bigger than the calamity. He has the answer for what we need. How am I going to trust God in the midst of heartache, destruction, and calamity? How? How am I going to do that? By fixing my mind on Him. Not by placing my mind on the problem and just letting my thoughts run wild everywhere, considering every possible negative situation. We are to fix our mind on God because we trust Him and because He is trustworthy. The result of fixing our mind on Him is a peaceful heart. A peaceful heart will allow you to hear from God on how best to handle the situation. It's literally that simple. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He, God, shall direct your path. God's Word instructs us to trust Him with all of our heart. The heart here, this is the innermost part of your mind. The heart of the mind is determined by the thoughts that we consistently think and hold on to. We are not to lean unto our own understanding. 
We are not to trust in the information gathered by our five senses from the experiences in the world around us. In contrast, we are to read God's Word, to meditate on God's Word, to the end that it lives in our hearts, thus enabling us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. When we trust in the Lord with all our heart and we don't lean unto our own understanding, then we will be able to acknowledge God in all our ways. Then he shall direct our path. God will always lead us in the right, best, prosperous way. Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Here it says to trust in the Lord and to do good. The good that we're to do is to do God's word. God is much more reliable than the social programs of any government or the material wealth that we might trust in. The government of men will let you down. The material wealth, it'll vanish. But God is always there. And when we trust him, we will have our need met. In Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What are the desires of your heart? Would you like to see those desires come to pass in your life? Then delight yourself in the Lord. We know what it is to delight in something. We find great pleasure in the things that we delight in. At times in my life, well, I've delighted in winning sports teams, I've delighted in good food, and I've delighted in wonderful friends. Here we are instructed to delight ourselves in the Lord, and He shall give us the desires of our heart. When we are delighting in God, our desires, they will be in alignment with His will for our life. Still in Psalm 37, verse 7, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. We here are instructed to rest in the Lord and to wait patiently for him. The word wait here means to trust, to have a firm and steadfast mind. We are to wait firmly and patiently for the promises of God to come to pass in our life. We don't give up. We don't quit on God. He doesn't quit on you. Psalm 37 still. Let's read verses 34 and 40. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way. And he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Verse 37, Mark, or observe, the perfect man. And the perfect man is the man that's free from evil intention. And behold the upright, for the end reward of that man is peace. But the transgressors, they shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because they trust in him. Our Heavenly Father, he is our strength in time of trouble. He is the one that helps us. He is the one that brings deliverance. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Fear always brings a snare to man's life. Fear always entangles. Fear always encases. Fear is always wrong. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. In contrast to man's fear, those who put their trust in the Lord shall be safe. 
Our trust in God will keep us safe no matter what the surrounding circumstances. Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's read verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man, and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. One who trusts in men and in the strength of men is cursed, and his heart has departed from the Lord. If his heart is departed from the Lord, then he no longer has the word of God in his heart. The word of God is not in his heart because he either has failed to put it there, or if it once was in his heart, he has since neglected the word and it no longer lives there. That man is likened unto the heath in the desert. In the Bible lands, the heath is a plant that grows in between the rocks in the wilderness. On this heath plant, the leaves come forth in the spring, and the wild goats immediately eat the leaves. The heath plant then remains barren until the next spring. In contrast, the man who trusts in God is blessed. The one who trusts in God is compared to a tree whose roots are spread out and whose leaves are green. When drought comes, it's not concerned, because it's planted by the waters, and that tree does not cease from yielding fruit. What a beautiful illustration of one who trusts God. Do you want to bear fruit in your life? Do you want to have the depth of your heart rooted in God's word? I do. We must go to God in His Word. We must stay our mind on His Word. We must meditate in the rich greatness of His Word and talk to our Heavenly Father and expect to hear back by listening to Him. There is always an urgency to the times within which men and women live. Since we are the ones here today, well, there's an urgency in our time to people. God is working in the hearts of men and women all over the world who will listen to him to be bold, strong, courageous, and to trust him. He is calling his people today to deliver his word to a dying world. I encourage you to immerse your heart in the things of God and then reach out to others. Give them a hope that is true steadfast, sure, which is only found in Christ Jesus. If you desire to discuss the things of God, or maybe you just need someone to pray with you, don't hesitate to reach out to a brother or a sister in Christ. If you live in the Chicago area and you desire to reach out to me, I'm available. Or if you desire to join me in reaching out to this dying world by street ministry, mall ministry, going out where the people are, feel free to contact me. I'd love to have you join me. Man's greatest need is spiritual deliverance, eternal life. And even after receiving eternal life, then a relationship with their heavenly Father to the end that they become Christ-like in all that they do. The world needs you. The world needs those that are willing to serve God and to seek His will. Let you and I do what our Heavenly Father has called us to do. You call me out upon the waters The great unknown Where feet may fail I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, 
things that God has continuously been teaching me over the years is that he is trustworthy. So as about a month ago, I had $250 in my account. I had already budgeted it all out for groceries, bills, a few things. Um, and as I was driving, I saw a lady who lived in my neighborhood walking on the street and my heart was moved when I saw her and I felt God very strongly impress on my heart to get her a Safeway gift card. Immediately my response was, I, with what? I don't have any extra. And as soon as I thought that, his voice interrupted my thoughts and said, I am extra. Don't worry about it. And so I took a deep breath and I went to Safeway and I bought the gift card and I gave it to her. That same day, I had an, a dental appointment with my second daughter. I had allotted $90 for that appointment. And as I started watching what the dentist was doing on her tooth, I realized it was a little different than what I was expecting. And I thought, this might be more expensive than I was originally expecting. When I asked how much it was, I was expecting 90. He said, it will be about 198. Well, all I had was $200 left after the gift card, and I thought, I'm going to have $2 left to buy groceries. $2 doesn't buy a lot for a family of six. I started to get nervous. So he continued his dental work and 
even though I wanted to freak out, even though I could feel my flesh freaking out over having $2, there was a piece that I don't, I know where it came from, but I'll tell you, it wasn't from myself. And I felt God just say, I've got this, I've got this. Like there's this divine plan right now that's playing out and I did not see what it was, but I felt like he's got it. So we finished up the dental appointment and I went to pay at the front desk and I took out my card to give that $198. And I said, it's for Brie Campbell. And she looked at her computer and said, oh, well you have a credit on your name for uh, $250. I said, from what? She said, well, I don't know, but it says $250, so your appointment is free today. Plus you have $50 extra for your next visit. I said, are you sure? And she said, yeah, I can check. And she checked and checked, yeah, it's, it's a credit on your account. I said, that's interesting, okay. And as I was about to leave, another receptionist came up to me and said, oh, did you say you're Brie Campbell's mom? Are you Cade Campbell's mom too? I said, yes, I am. She said, oh, I have something for you. And she went to the back and she brought me a check that I had written her for $500 for a previous appointment with my son. And it said void across it. And she said, we don't need this, you can have it back. So <laughs> in one appointment, I walked into that dental office owing $700 and I walked out with a $50 credit in my name. Now that's my kind of God. He works like that. He doesn't just supply what you need. He goes above and beyond. It reminds me of a story in Matthew 25 when a master leaves his wealth in the possession of three of his servants. And when he comes back, two of them have done well with his money and he says to them, well done, you know, I can trust you with a little, I'm going to put you in charge of a lot. And that's a word that I feel over many of us in this congregation and in this city. I want Jesus to say to me, you know what, I put you in charge of a little, I can trust you with a little, you've proven yourself worthy of, of listening to my voice and hearing when I want to reach out and touch people, even when you don't know how it's going to work for you. And I'm going to trust you with more. So I'm looking forward to more situations where Jesus can say about me, I've trusted you with a little. Let's go to the next level. Let's trust you with a little more. When the Cray was a small child, his father abandoned him and his mother. I wrestled with a sense of self-worth and, and, and am I even valuable uh, because my dad decided, you know, drugs would be better than hanging out with his own son or, or, or staying with me. He found a sense of belonging in the hip-hop culture on the streets. My uncles were young and um, wrapped up in the streets and, you know, gangs and drugs and, and just promiscuous and I idolized it. It was a, I mean, it was just a, I wanted to be the gang member my uncle was. I wanted every tattoo he had. You know, I saw my first gun and all these different things and I was like, man, this, is, this must be what it means to be a man. And I'm just sitting on their laps, soaking all this stuff in, like, wow, you know, and so I was like, you know, a child of rap and hip hop, just seeing this world come up around me. In his teens, Lecrae realized something was still missing. I knew my ways were unfulfilling. You know, I chased power, I chased pleasure, I chased possessions, I chased um, just something satisfying. And I knew I kept getting let down. I knew it was, it was insanity and I was never going to find fulfillment, but I didn't know what else to look for. He kept a Bible in his car as a good luck charm. One night, police caught him trespassing and in possession of drugs. He was cuffed and sat in the police car waiting to go to jail. And the police officer goes to my car and he saw the Bible and he came back to the police car and he said, uh, son, you got a Bible in your car. And I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, you know what that Bible's about? And I was like, I need to. And uh, he said, well, you know what, I'm, today I'm going to let you go because I want you to get into that Bible and I want you to start living it. And that really did something to me and that really, that really rocked me. And I, I didn't want to get in any kind of trouble like that again. He joined some friends at a Christian conference where he heard what Jesus did for him on the cross. And he talked about Jesus 
you know, carrying his cross on the mount on, on, on Golgotha and and um, and just the, the the turmoil and the pain that Jesus went through, that Jesus would take all that on his own back, floored me. And I said, I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And, um, and I just bowed out and said, Jesus, I'm sorry, and just broke down crying. For a year, Lecrae walked a line between college partier and committed Christian. His life was spinning out of control, and he knew it. Just cried out to the Lord one day. I said, God, I feel like um, I'm going to kill myself or kill somebody. And I said, please, just, just stop me before it gets to that point. I said, stop me. Do whatever you got to do. Just don't kill me. He was in a massive car accident that left him evaluating his double life. I came out without a scratch. You know, my car had flipped over. It was dented in, damaged up, and here I am without a scratch on me. And I said, okay, God, I need to, I need to change. Later that night, he gave his life completely over to God. Oh, I was radically changed. To realize that I had been living a lie, to realize that I was unsatisfied and I would never be satisfied until I came to Jesus was so revolutionary for me that I wanted everyone to taste it. I wanted everyone to see how awesome God was. Lecrae typed out his testimony and handed it out on his college campus. He talked about God to anyone who would listen. And I was proud. I was proud to have my story on that piece of paper. And I got laughed at and I got called Jesus freak and Jesus boy and, you know, all kind of stuff. But I was changed. Before long, he learned he could blend his passion for God and his ability as a rapper. I thought that God and rap would never work. I thought that God wasn't okay with rap. You know, people knew I used to rap, and I went to the Bible studies, and someone said, uh, hey, why don't you, you know, rap about Jesus? And so I just on the spot, I just came up with the rap about Jesus, and, uh, and they were like, man, that was good. And, um, and I was like, wow, Lord, maybe you could really do something with this. He began ministering to kids in juvenile detention. I ended up there for three years, every weekend, just sharing my heart and sharing scripture and rapping as their praise and worship on Sundays. His music has spread around the world. His newest CD, Rebel, debuted at number two on iTunes. But his purpose goes way beyond selling CDs. I want to use my art form to encourage the movement in the church to say, hey, let's engage the city let's rebuild the city and so that's really where my heart is is to, is to rebuild cities is to see the city come to jesus and if you don't know him you're missing out on purpose meaning and life in general and so i'm passionate about seeing people spend eternity with him he's awesome the love of a father that he missed as a child he now finds in his relationship with god he's just loved on me when i felt like i didn't deserve love when i felt like i was unlovable I'm really grateful and I feel fortunate to, uh, to have a, a huge family that is, is beyond race, creed, culture, and to have a father who shepherds us all. And when I think about that, my mind's blown. I, I mean, there's nothing like it.
Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com, where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there is a page for upcoming events. We have one event listed. I have the privilege of teaching three evenings on the Book of Thessalonians and the Awesome Hope we have with the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The first session took place last week. There are two remaining sessions on March 8th and March 15th at Grace Christian Fellowship in Naperville. If you'd like your event listed, you could send the information to info at the com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. Once again, the praise line number, 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. Due to the wonders of modern technology, we know that we have listeners all throughout the United States, most of which are on the web replay and then also many, many countries around the world, including the Netherlands, England, France, Norway, Mexico, Ethiopia, uh, Switzerland, Mongolia, Turkey, Iran, Saudi Arabia. Just people all over the place listening, which is wonderful. We appreciate it. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support. I greatly appreciate it. Our mailing address is The Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, that address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.